0: Bismillah alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salam wa rasulillah Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Continuing with our journey through Kitab Al-Tahara Of Imam Al-Hajjawi, Zad Al-Mustaqni' We've come to the second to last bab of this Kitab Al-Tahara Which is Babu Izalat Al-Najasa The chapter wherein he talks, Rahim Allah Ta'ala About how to remove impurities What are impurities and how to remove them so, first and foremost, Al-Najasatu a-shay mustakhdara It is the thing which is despised in the Sharia or considered as filthy in the Sharia. A-shay al-mustakhdara shar'an, The thing which is considered as impure and filthy in the Sharia. Why that's important is because it's not up to me, it's not up to you, what we consider as being filthy. It's what the lawgiver, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in his laws, the sharia define as being that which is filthy. And when the ulama, they talk about this, they generally say that there are two or three categories of najasa. The first of them is najasatu ayniyya. Najasatu ayniyya. The najasa wherein the actual object in of itself is inherently impure. So Najasatu Ayniyya is that which is inherently impure. You cannot purify it, right? Like the dog, for example. No matter how many times you wash the dog, it's going to remain impure. The second type of najjasa is Najasatu Hukmiyatun. Najasatu Al-Hukmiyya. The najasa which is impure in ruling. Okay? That is what we know as Najasatu at an Najasatu at Meaning that something impure has fallen upon a pure object and made it impure for a period of time until it's cleansed. So for example, if a drop of a urine falls upon this carpet in front of me, the carpet is pure. But by virtue of that urine falling upon the carpet, it becomes impure until it's removed, right? So this is the second type of najasa. And also they mention that a najasa is... This is just a side point... Uh, Ma'awiyat. Najasat can be najasatu ma'nawiyah, which is intangible impurity, the impurity of belief and action, right? So that's the uh, another type of impurity. So which type of impurity do you think the ulama are discussing in this chapter? Is it al Najasatu al Ainiyatu or is it al-najasatu al-Hukmiyyah? al right? Because this is the one that can be purified. The second type of Najasi, the one which is not inherently impure in of itself. So the author, may Allah have mercy upon him, he says, Zakallah uh, khair the author ta'ala, he says that uh, it suffices that if the impurity is upon the earth meaning on the ground it suffices to purify that one washing okay which will get rid of the najasa so he means here that as a minimum one washing is required if you require more than that then you use more than that with the condition that it's upon the ground it's upon the floor the earth okay and this is taken from the hadith in bukhari where it's mentioned anna araby ba fi masjidir rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam athara ilayhin nas li yaqa'u bihi so at bedouin he urinated in the masjid of the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam so the people they became angry with him and they rushed towards him to grab hold of him and to deal with him severely so the prophet sallallahu alayhi said da'uhu wa hriqu ala bawlihi dhunuban min ma'in aw sazlan min ma'in li fima lahun radha Get like a bucket of water and throw that upon his uh, urine. Let him finish and throw that upon his urine. For verily you have been sent as people who make things easy, and not people who make things difficult. So the proof from the hadith is that the Prophet ﷺ, when the person urinated, he said, "Leave him alone. Rather get a bucket or a pail of water or something of that nature and throw that upon his." Uh, impurity, Which is one washing So from there The author He said that any impurity Which is upon the ground One washing suffices it As a minimum, right? So now if there's impurity upon the ground And you want to wash it What may you have to do first? Before you wash the impurity Very good no, Solid Exactly So if it's got some Physical nature to it it's better for it to be removed because with the water it may spread even more So you remove what you can and then you wash it to the best of your ability So we see here that the sharia is very natural and it's very easy Most of the najasa in the, in the world is found upon the ground So due to that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made ease for that type of najasa to be washed away and to be cleansed Nothing particular has to be done except that you just throw water upon that area and it's washed away he says تعالى, Any other impurity Which is not on the ground Then it has to be washed seven times Any other impurity Which is not on the ground Has to be washed seven times And if it's to do with a dog Or a pig okay, Particularly the saliva Then this has to be washed seven times And one of them with turab With soil Okay Because the Prophet ﷺ said in the hadith In Sahih bi muslim That the Prophet ﷺ said The purification for your vessels If a dog drinks from it Or licks it Is that you wash it seven times The first of those times Being with soil the first of those times being the soil. Okay, so this is a clear proof that the Prophet ﷺ said to wash it seven times and what? Uh, to ensure that soil is used in the first washing, right? So, this type of najasa, which is washed seven times and one of it which is turab, is for the dog and the pig, right? This is known as najasatun mughalladatun. Najasatun mughalladatun. The severe type of najasa, which requires. Seven washings One of them being soil نجاسة. نجاسة Why is the pig added with the dog? Whereas the text It stated only the kalb, the dog Why is the khinzir added here? Qiyas, exactly But what, what, what were they thinking? Worse. Worse. Exactly the khanzir is akhbath, it's more filthy in our estimation, right? The pig is more dirtier than the dog. So according to this opinion, then the pig is also included in it. And this the ruling of the dog and the pig pertains not only to the, uh, the uh, tongue, but any part of the body, if it touches your clothing whilst wet, then it needs that same format, washing seven times with turab. The Imam he says That it suffices in place of soil In this type of washing that we are discussing najasa You do not have to use soil But you can use something else Which is Ashnan Ashnan is a type of plants And it's uh, used in a way As a kind of uh, cleaning solution so anything like soap or anything which is known to clean can be used in place of turab, even if the turab is present, even if the soil is present, according to this opinion, right? Because why they reached this? They looked at the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ that we just mentioned about cleaning the dog, uh, the dog's saliva in the vessel seven times, one of it with Turab. They said this is ta'lili and not ta'abbudi. Ta'lili meaning that it's based, the ruling is based upon reasoning, and it's not based upon just submitting to Allah without knowing the reason. So they said the reason here of mentioning turab was that it's good for cleaning. It's good for cleaning. Therefore, if it's good for cleaning, we know that soap, etc., is more effective in cleaning than the turab. That's why they allow other things apart from the soil to be used. Because they looked at it with another, with the looking of it being ta'lili. Meaning that it has a reason and we can understand the reason from the hadith of using the tarab, which is to clean. Therefore, anything which is more cleaning, more effective in cleaning than tarab, we can go ahead and use that, right? Other Hanbali scholars and the Shafi'i scholars, they say no. They say this is something which the Prophet specified in the text, and there's a reason for that specification. And today in the modern technology, scientific discoveries, some of the ulama, they said, Is because of what is contained within the saliva of the dog That the microbes, harmful microbes found in that saliva Cannot be removed by anything thoroughly Except for turab Except for soil And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best Then he says وَفِي نَجَاسَةِ غَيْدِهِمَا سَبْعٌ بِلَا تُرَابٌ And in other than the first type of impurity There needs to be as a minimum Seven washings But without turab Without the soil so the first najasa, najasatun mughalladatun, the severe najasa, the najasa of the dog and the pig, that's seven, with soil. Everything else after that is seven washings, but without turab. And this is known as najasatun mutawasitatun, that the middle level of najasa, the middle level of impurities, right? So like for example, urine, azzakumullah, defecation of any type, this type, this type of najasa has to be washed seven times. And this is based on the qiyas Of the licking of the dog Okay So they said that the licking of the dog Is an example And there's much more These other najasat Which are more filthier than that In the eyes of the sharia Like urine etc So they said If that requires seven times Then everything else requires seven times They made qiyas Based upon the hadith And this qiyas is from Imam Ahmad Raheemullah Ta'ala himself Right As mentioned by Sheikh Mutlaq Al-Jasr in his explanation, video 9. Another narration from Imam Ahmad and the opinion of, of Ibn Qudama is that all of the najasat, apart from the pig and the dog, they only need to be washed as a minimum once. Okay, this is the opinion of Ibn Qudama rahimahullah ta'ala and one riwayah, one narration of Imam Ahmad that all of the najasat only need to be washed as a minimum once. The Imam, he says, وَلَا huru. And the thing which has become impure Like when the urine drops upon a pure carpet Or pure clothing It cannot be cleansed by the sun So what he's saying is that If you leave your clothing out in the sun You come back later after a day You find no traces of the najasa You cannot see it anymore You cannot smell it anymore He said even though that be the case This is not accepted as a ruling So the sun according to the Hanbali scholars is not a way of purifying the najasat, right? Walla riḥ, And the same goes to the wind. The wind is not purifying. Walla dalk, And not is rubbing the najasat. If you rub it off, that doesn't suffice. Walla istihala, And not is istihala. Istihala is that the najasat, the impurity, goes through a process and completely becomes something different after that. Okay, so it goes through a process, whatever that process be, And it changes into a complete different substance With complete different properties They say none of this is allowed For purifying the impurity Right Because the Prophet ﷺ In the hadith of the Bedouin When the Bedouin came and he urinated The one that we mentioned before Didn't the masjid have access to the sun The sun could come through Yes Didn't the masjid have access to the wind Yes But the Prophet ﷺ didn't consider any of those But rather what he considered Was only water So they say, based upon this, water is the only thing that can purify the najasat, the impurities. And the proof they use for istihala, istihala we said is that process whereby uh, it goes from one state to another state. The proof they use that this is not permissible is in the hadith collected by Imam Tirmidhi and authenticated by Sheikh Al-Albani. It's where Ibn Umar, he said that the Prophet Sallallahu That the Prophet Sallallahu forbade eating the Jalala Jalala and its milk Jalala is that animal which some of its feed Or some of its nourishment or much of its nourishment is from impurities Okay, it could be the impurities left behind of other animals Or other types of impurity So this animal feeds and nourishes itself on dung, etc. Other types of impurities, right? So this is known as jalala. So where is the proof? The proof is that it's eating this, but when it goes into the body, it doesn't remain as dung or that impurity. It changes into blood, it changes into milk, etc. Right? With with some animals. This is the process that takes place. So istihala, the change of the state took place. They said even though that's the case, the Prophet forbade it. He said that the animal that is Eating these impure things, you're not allowed to eat it, nor can you drink its milk, right? So even though the process of istihala was taking place, the Prophet's lesson forbade it. And some Hanbali scholars, they say another opinion, like Ibn Taymiyyah holds, that they allow it due to a variety of evidences that they hold. But the author's opinion and the majority in the madhab, they say no. Ghayr al-khamr, he says, except khamr. Except for intoxication. Now, this is an exception, an istithna, an exception from the rule which he just established. He said that istihala is not accepted as a purifier for the impurity, right? He said, except in the state of khamr. Because in the hadith Un Sahil Muslim, Anas anhu narrates that the Prophet was asked about alcohol which is taken. As vinegar And the Prophet ﷺ said No, it's not allowed What it meant here is that The, the person He got the alcohol And he put it through a process of istihala The person the human being Did some process to the alcohol And turned it into vinegar Here the Prophet ﷺ said It's not allowed So they say If it changes by itself And not with human intervention Then it's allowed So istihala In the case of alcohol turning into vinegar by itself without human intervention is allowed okay that the khamar which is impure will become pure if it changes into vinegar by itself without human intervention also there's another case if you go back to the thoughts that we had pertaining to water there's a type of water that can have istihala as a ruling applying to it can you remember it so a change takes place in the water and then the ruling of that will be that the water is now purified. Huh? No, that's human intervention, right? You are, you are adding something to it. This one is when there's mountain kathir. There's a lot of water which means above qullatayn and it's become impure by impurities, right? It's above qullatayn. So the impurity has affected it. One of its properties has changed. That's how we give the ruling of more than qullatayn being impure. But you come back after a week or a month And due to the uh, the wind blowing that impurity away or whatever Then the water changes And it returns back to its natural state of being pure So in this situation it's also applied As mentioned by mutlaq Jasser In his explanation, video 9 And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best So he says فَإِنْ خُلِّلَتْ أَوْ So As we said that the process of changing alcohol to vinegar, if that is done by human intervention, then this is not acceptable. Or if you come to a situation where you have oil or liquid grease, liquid fats uh, that have become impure, that something impure has fallen upon them, then they cannot be purified. So he's saying that if you have fat, Right, or grease or oil or anything of that nature, where an impurity has fallen in it, then it cannot be purified. Let's look at that. Abu Dawood, Rahimullah Ta'ala, Nisa'i they mentioned the hadith with the Prophet said, al fi jamidan. So the Prophet said, if the the like the rat, okay, falls into the, uh, the oil or the fat that you have. He says, if it's jamidan, if it's um, solid, then what you do is you take out the rat and that which is around it, and then that's all well, well and good. But if it's water, if it's liquid, this fat and grease, then don't go near it. Meaning that it's impure and you cannot purify it. So the humbly scholars, based upon this hadith and others, they do not differentiate between liquids which are other than water. So when we come to water, we differentiate between that which is a small amount of water and a large amount of water in the difference of rulings, right? But with liquids which are other than water, if an impurity falls upon it, then it cannot be purified, according to this hadith and according to the opinion of the Hanbali scholars, right? So they do not differentiate here. Another riwayah of Imam Ahmad and held by Ibn Taymiyyah is that if you're in the situation like that that we mentioned and the, li- the, the fat is liquid or oil, then you just take out the rat and you take out what has been made impure around it and that suffices you. Okay, that's another riwayah But the one that our author holds is as we mentioned that it doesn't become pure. He says, May Allah have mercy upon him. If the najasa which has fallen becomes now hidden to your eye, it's hidden from you, you cannot recollect where it is or you cannot determine where it is for whatever reason, then you have to wash until you become sure, certain that it has been removed. Excuse me. So as an example, in your thobe, you have two sleeves, right? Right and left, left and right. You know for sure that the urine dropped on one of your sleeves. But then you forgot Or you became unaware But you know for sure urine is there But you're not sure You cannot determine which sleeve it is What do you do? You have to wash both, right? Like this So he says Whenever you're in that situation You do the amount of washing Which will lead you to yaqeen That for sure you removed That which needs to be removed What rule is this based upon? We've taken it a few times Al-yaqeen Certainty is not removed by doubt, right? la Certainty, you're certain that the najasa uh, fell upon it. The only way it can be removed, okay, الياقين الياقين. The only way it can be removed is that um, it has to be another certainty to remove it. Okay, so you wash it to the extent where you are sure that it's been removed. So Imam Rahimullah, he says, He says now he's talking about a third category of najasa which is known as al najasatu mukhaffafa. Al najasatu al mukhaffafa. Okay? The light najasa or the easy najasa, the easy impurity. So we took the mughallada, which was the dog and the pig, right? That needs seven times and it needs what? It needs turab. Then we took everything after that. We said mutawassita, midun level najasa. It needs seven times washing without turab Now this is a najasa al mukhaffafa najasa which is little, light. All this needs is rush, nadh. The word he uses here is nadh, Is you get a bit of water and you throw it onto the place, like you sprinkle, right? A fair amount of water, handful of water onto the place. This is based upon the hadith in Bukhari. The hadith of uh, Um Qais bint Muhsin, رضي Anha, is narrated atat that she attended with Ibn Lhasa'ir, لم يأكل الطعام إلى رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم, that she let me finish the hadith. To come to. That. She came رضي الله عنها with a young baby of hers or a toddler. That hadn't yet started eating food. It hadn't yet started eating food. To the Prophet. ﷺ, الله الله so he took the Prophet ﷺ took this child and put it on his lap. This child urinated on the Prophet. ﷺ. الله الله so the Prophet ﷺ called for water and he didn't wash that area. Rather, he did what we said was nadh. Nadh, to sprinkle He sprinkled water So here we find in the hadith That we have the qaid That if the child is young right, To the extent where he doesn't desire Or he doesn't eat solid foods He's only on his mother's milk okay, Overwhelmingly on his mother's milk Then this child, the boy If he was to urinate Then his u- uh, urine is washed Just by sprinkling right, And this doesn't apply to the girl So the ulama, they make a tafriq between the boy and the girl This is not based upon evidences This is based upon reasonings that they have They say maybe it's the case that the boy is lifted up more than the girl in most cultures right? And therefore the sharia gives ease for the uh, impurity which comes from the boy in in terms of his urine Or maybe it's the case that the urine of the girl has different properties That it's more filthy than the urine of the boy and Allah knows best. In any case what we're establishing here is that an al is the urine of a young male toddler that hasn't yet started eating solid foods. That this urine is to be treated just by sprinkling it, right? If you wanted to do so that's all you have to do. Sorry you had the question. Sorry. Just, just, just hmm. The first level is the dog, the pig, where you to wash the Seven system. times. And to rahab. Second is with water But no need for torah. You mentioned before that uh, Like for example To wash away something
1: One time is sufficient That's
0: if it's on the earth right. That's if, if it's on the earth Right Taib Zakalah So also connected to this Al-Mukhaffaf Which we're saying is the light And the last category of the Najasa The third category The lightest Is the issue of Al-Madhi um, Al-Madhi is that which comes out From the man When he thinks about erotic thoughts or he has foreplay. It's a liquid which comes out and it's not thick like sperm, right? So this is based on the hadith in Sahih muslim where Ali radiallahu anhu, he says, Kuntu badha. He said, I was a person who used to experience a lot of this madhi, this excretion. An asala sallam, sallallahu sallam, ibnatihi. And I was shy to ask the Prophet sallallahu sallam, because I was married to his daughter. So I commanded Miqdad ibn Aswad to go and ask. So the Prophet said, يَغْسِل ذَكْرَهُ Okay, that he should wash his private area and make wudu. That's all he has to do. Just wash it and make wudu. So it's, it's, it's a mukhafafah. It's an easy type of najasa to remove. Right? You have to sprinkle water on your private part and then go ahead and make wudu. The Imam now, what he's going to talk about for a few moments He's going to mention the things which are overlooked When it comes to najasat Overlooked impurities So he says It's overlooked in other than liquids It's overlooked So put in brackets In other than liquids And other than foods What is overlooked? Yasirid dam najis What's overlooked is a little amount A little bit of Impure blood, right? What's overlooked is a little bit of impure blood. Mean hayawan tahir. If it comes from a, a pure animal, Hayawan tahir. What they mean here by Hayawan Tahir is living beings. Any living being which is pure, then it's overlooked. The living beings which are pure, according to the Hanbali scholars, is first and foremost the human being. Second most is the category of animals that we are allowed to eat, right? Third most is that which is the size of a cat Or less than a cat So these three categories are considered uh, Tahir Animals or beings which are Tahir Pure Human being What did we say the second one was? Animals were able to eat Animals were able to eat And the third is the cat And that's that which is less in stature Less in size than the cat, right? So the Imam is saying As long as it's not in liquids The impurity The blood Right? Because blood, as a ruling, is impure, in the Hanbali madhab, right? Blood, as a ruling, is impure, right? We'll mention some exceptions to that in a moment. So, as long as it's not in liquid and it's not in foods, okay? Then the impure blood from the pure animal, from the pure animal, is overlooked, right? If it's a little amount, and you see the dam, it has to be a little amount. So, the Hanbali scholars they have blood as three categories. Najas blood, impure blood, right, that is overlooked if it's a little Najas blood that is overlooked if it's a little This is the human, blood of the human and blood of the Tahir animals Category number one, right This is what is overlooked if it's a little If it's Najas, it's Najas the second category and not overlooked This is any blood which comes out the private parts Okay, it's Najas and it's little but will not be overlooked that which comes out of the private parts And that which is considered pure blood Is the blood of the shaheed The blood of the martyr The blood of that which is harvested from the sea And the blood of that which is slaughtered according to the sharia And left in the throat or in the veins Or in parts of the meat okay? That is also considered as being pure blood That's not pure blood That's flowing blood Right That's considered impure If it was a little bit of it Then that would be considered Allowed yeah. okay. So what did he overlook He overlooks And there's is, uh, Imam Ahmed claims there, oh, Sorry there's Ijma' upon this issue That it's overlooked Right A little bit of blood In these situations Is overlooked If We said it's a little bit And it's not in liquid It doesn't fall into liquid Nor does it fall into food And it's from Hayawan Tahir is from uh, beings which are pure Okay Beings which are pure Then this is overlooked And also in the next issue Which he will mention This Ijma' this also That it's overlooked Right So before we get to the next issue Another riwayah of the Madhab Okay And held by Ibn Taymiyyah and others Is that all of the Najasat Any type of impurity If it's a little amount Customarily Then that is overlooked Any type of Najasat that is another opinion in the madhab, right? But here, the author and those who agree with him The majority, they say only two types These little bits of blood As long as it's not in liquid or food And also now this, this issue which he's going to mention now And also what is overlooked from the impurity Is when you go to the bathroom And you defecate And you made istijmar. Istijmar, remember, is to use solid Something solid okay like stones etc to remove the impurity he says what's left behind in its place in its place fi mahalli he means it hasn't traveled to the cheeks and beyond right if it's in its place its normal place of uh, excreting then that is overlooked what is overlooked that which can only be washed by water so you know the person he cleanses himself but there's something left behind which is known as a trace athr athr najasa Right? This is only removed by water That which is only removed by water As long as it remains in its place Then it's overlooked As a najasa right? So it means that if it connects to your clothing Then it's not overlooked But if it stays in that place Then it's overlooked according to the scholars. Yes, according to the humble scholars the majority of what I'm mentioning in these classes is what the humbly scholars mention. And once in a while, I'll mention a second opinion in that madhab, And less than that, I'll mention something out of that completely. Inshallah. And now he mentions that which is not considered impure. He says that the human being is not considered impure by death. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Isra, وَلَقَدْ كَرَمْنَا بَنِي آدَمٍ Verily we have given honor to human beings, right? In the sight of Allah جل, human beings are in a state of honor, created with honor. Therefore their essence is not impure. They're not impure. And in the hadith, the Prophet said in Bukhari, المؤمن لا ينجس. That the human being doesn't ever become impure. Tayyib? What about the non-Muslim? Because Allah says in the Quran, إِنَّمَا الْمُشْرِكُونَ النَّجِسِ that verily, for sure, the polytheists, those who commit shirk with Allah they are najas. Najas means impure. I just told you human beings are not najas, but then here we're asking the question that Allah says that they're impure. Najasa ma'nawiya. Ahsanta. Najasa ma'nawiya, good. Najasa ma'nawiya, remember the intangible impurity, the spiritual impurity. So this verse in Surah at refers to them being impure. However, Shaykh Ahmed Khalil in his explanation of this book, Zadul Mustaqniya, he said, it's very probable, due to the evidences and uh, the many opinions of the scholars, that the calf, though he's not impure in life, right, after death he becomes impure. After death he's considered as being impure, and Allah Zawajan knows best. And the author he says also, what is not impure, and that creature. Which doesn't have flowing blood As long as it comes As long as it is born of Pure beings Right That creature like an insect As long as it doesn't have flowing blood And it's born of Tahir That which is pure Then It's considered as being pure I'll give you an example In Bukhari the Prophet said Either A إِذَا وَقَعَ ذُبَابُ فِي شَرَابِ أَحْدِكُمْ فَلْيَغْمِسْهُ ثُمَّ لِيَنْزِعْهُ فَإِنَّ فِي أَحْدِ جَنَاحَيْهِ The Prophet ﷺ said, if a fly falls into the drink of one of you, then dip it fully into the drink, submerge it, right? For verily, in one of the wings is a cure, and in the others, other wing is the disease. So where's the evidence from here? Where's the watch of the lala? The watch of the lala is that this thing is now dead And it's now in your drink And the Prophet wasallam told you only to dip it and take it out Had it not been pure, it would have meant that your liquid, your drink would have come impure But because it's small and it doesn't have flowing blood Then it's considered as pure So any insect which is small When you kill it, you squash it with your teeth or whatever right? It doesn't have flowing blood then this is considered pure. But he mentioned the condition. He said, "As long as it's not nourished or it's not born off, that which is impure." So you have, for example, cockroaches that live in the bathrooms. They're nourished and they're born off impurity. So those are not considered within this rule, right? And then he said also that which is not impure, he's mentioning wa. And that animal which you eat, it's urine, OK? Its dung and its sperm is considered pure Why? Because the Prophet ﷺ in Sahil Muslim he said Sallu Go ahead and pray in the stables of the sheep when he was asked about it So where is the proof here? That urine and the dung and the sperm of uh, animals that we eat are pure Exactly. When you pray in the stables, you're going to find urine from these animals, from the sheep, and you're going to find feces. However, the Prophet ﷺ didn't rule that as being impure. He allowed you to go ahead and pray there. What if somebody says to you, how about the Prophet ﷺ said, don't pray in the stable of camels? Doesn't this contradict what you're saying? Hmm? The Prophet ﷺ said that in an authentic hadith. Maybe in the same hadith from what I remember, don't, when he was asked about this. So how do we understand this? Huh? It's, an it's an exception, it's stithna, but why is it stithna? Because, because that one, the Prophet ﷺ, they say it's due to the nature of the camel, that it's dangerous. It can harm you, right, if you're there. Whereas here, the Prophet ﷺ is uh, pointing to the fact that the dung and the urine won't affect you. In any case, we're saying that its, uh, it's urine, its uh, dung and its uh, sperm is considered as pure. Is there another proof that you have for urine being pure Of these animals Of animals that we eat Yeah Say it That's right When the Prophet ﷺ commanded some people Or recommended to some people That they drink from the urine of certain camels Point mentioned here by Sheikh Muttlaq Jasser in his explanation Video 9 He said look the Prophet ﷺ didn't tell them Go ahead fill up the bottle and drink it this is not what the Prophet is saying. He was saying, ﷺ, to mix it with something, to mix it with milk or to mix it with other type of food. It's not purely drinking from urine of a camel. It's not something of that nature. And also that which is considered pure and not an impurity is the mani al-adami, the sperm of uh, human beings. Why? Because in Muslim, Aisha, r.a, she said, لَقَدْ رَأَيْتُنِي أَفْرُكُهُ مِنْ ثَوْبِ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَّىٰ فَيُصَلِّ فِيهِ she said, you would see me scrubbing it off Meaning the sperm From the clothing of the Prophet Sallallahu Wasallam And he would go ahead and pray in it Okay, so this is a proof That it's pure How is it a proof that it's a pure? It's pure That he prayed in it, right? After it had been scrubbed off also If it was impure He would have to wash it off Because we said about 10 sentences back That dalk rubbing and you could put with that scraping doesn't suffice in removing the impurity. Water has to be used, right? However, there's other narrations where Aisha radiallahu anha she would wash off the sperm from the thobe of the Prophet. How do we understand the two? Here she's saying, I would scrape it, and the Prophet would go ahead and pray. And another narration she said, I would wash it off, wash. Depends on the amount? Close, close. It depends on the amount and the, the, the makeup. Exactly, Ahsan. So here, if it's dry, you rub it off, right? And if in that situation, you wash it off, recommended to wash off, not because it's impure, but due to having good appearance. Okay? Due to having good appearance, not because it's impure. And he says also what is pure is Rutubatul the, Mar'a, the wetness which comes from the private part of a woman. Now, this wetness which comes from the private part of the woman is that wetness which comes from the tract. Connected to the womb Not the tract Wherein the urine comes from It's the tract Which is connected to the womb It's a type of liquid Whitish liquid That comes out from the woman Right This is also considered It's not the sperm of the woman This is also considered pure This is also pure This is also pure is translated normally as saliva, but it means the leftover drink or the leftover food. So the surah of the cat, okay, and that which is equal to it or less than it in size, okay, the leftovers of the cat are considered as pure. In the hadith in Ahmed, Abu Qatada radiallahu anhu, he was making wudu, and there was a, somebody was observing him, and as he was making wudu, there was a cat drinking from his water. And he helped the cat to drink further from the water And he explained to the person who was looking That the Prophet ﷺ said This is not impure Meaning the cat So if it drinks from whatever water you have Or any food that you have It's not considered impure Because it's from the tawafin. It's from those which are generally found to be around you Okay, it's from that which is generally found to be around you So The cat and that which is Less than it in stature, if it drinks from your water Or eats from your food, then Your food is still considered pure, as is your water Now he's going to mention some Impure animals, right He says The wild Hunting type of animals And, uh, and The birds, right, because in Sahih Muslim We have two hadith that. One from Abu Huraira, where the Prophet ﷺ said, "كل من Every animal that has fangs, then to eat it is impermissible, right? So if it's impermissible to eat, it means it's impure, right? And also the narration of Ibn Abbas, where the Prophet ﷺ said, "وكل ذي مخلب من الطير." And every bird which has claws is also to be considered as impure. However, that which is caught by the bird. Caught by the bird, the hunting bird, is allowed for you to eat, right? Because in surah al-ma'idah, فَكُلُّ عَلَيْكُمْ Eat from that which they have caught for you. So every wild animal which has fangs or birds which have claws are considered to be impure. And also, وَالْحِمَارُ الْأَهْلِيُّ وَالْبَغْلُ And the domesticated donkeys and mules from that are considered as being impure. Why? Because the Prophet ﷺ said in Sahih Muslim. <coughs> excuse me. He said, "Inna Allah wa Verily, Allah and His Prophet forbid, forbid you from the flesh of al alhumr, of the donkeys or the mules. For certainly they are impure. Okay. If it's wet Uh, A wet Yeah Wet Wet. Instead of being wet, right? Because it's impure Right? According to this opinion So the flesh of the donkey and the mule Is considered as being impure According to this hadith Just a linguistic point here The word Al-Humar If it's mentioned with the Dhamma Al-Humar Then it pertains to Jam' al Himar. The plural of donkeys. But it's, if it's mentioned with the Sukun on the mean, Al-Humru, okay, then it pertains to the plural of uh, red, Ahmar. So people mix this up in the hadith uh, that the Prophet Sallallahu mentions it, where he said that for one of you to call somebody to Islam, is khaydon lakum min humru na naam It's better for you than the red camels. The camels that were red were extremely valuable in those times. So in that hadith, the Prophet mentioned it with the dhamma. Here is mentioned with the... So in that hadith mentioned with sakoon, here is mentioned with the dhamma because it's the plural of... Of what? Of donkeys. Taib, quick recap. In the beginning we said that if the najasa is upon the earth, what do you do? One wash, right? That suffices as a minimum. If you need more, you go ahead and do minimum. Then we started with what is known as the najasatun mughalladatun. That najasa which is severe najasa. How how do you wash that? Seven times? With earth, right? So that pertains to who? To what? The pig and the dogs, right? So you have that, that is mughalladatun. Then we went to mutawasitatun, najasatun, mutawassitatun, the middle level najasa. And we said, how do you wash that? Every other type of najasa? Seven times without uh, earth, right? Seven times with water, without earth. Like urine and feces, etc. Then we had najasatun mukhaffafatun. We had najasa, which is the least type of najasa, the lightest type of najasa. And how do we wash that? Nadh, sprinkling, rush. You just sprinkle water upon it, and we gave two categories there. We said it's... The urine of A, a baby boy that doesn't eat food, right? And... Madhi And madi, And then we went ahead and we gave some exceptions Which are overlooked We said that the, the blood Which is a little bit And it's not found in liquid Nor is it found in food That is overlooked If it's from a pure animal Okay So blood as an essence is najas But a little bit of it is overlooked And also what is overlooked? The trace of What you leave behind when you go to the bathroom Okay As long as it remains in its place the trace meaning that which needs to be washed off by water. That which removed the physical amount, that's an impurity. But that, that which can only be removed by water, that's overlooked as an najasa. If it remains within its place. Meaning, if it doesn't go into the clothing, etc. And then we mentioned a few other things, but those, those were the main important things. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Wa jazakumullah khayr.